is a question that we all would love answered, especially in today's world, and that is, what will your future look like? What will it be like, your life be like in three years' time, five years' time, ten years' time? I'm sure that's something we'd all like to know. One of the reasons we'd like to know, especially in, in today's world of tremendous upheaval, turmoil, struggle and battle, and I think we need to understand one thing is that life on planet Earth is difficult. It is hard. And you don't really know what's around the corner. I never knew this was around the corner. You know, you get up one morning, everything's fine, and a few hours later, you, you know, you've got a moon boot on. You, you don't know what is around the corner. And uh, I think understanding life is difficult can really help you because I've discovered this expectations are a key factor to our emotional health. If you expect everything to work out just fine, no struggles, no problems in life, and then when you, when you face them, you just get dis disappointed, disillusioned, discouragement, all that kind of stuff sets in. If you know from the outset, life on earth is not easy. There's going to be setbacks, there's going to be heartaches, there's going to be struggles. It's almost like you've got a head start. It's not going to sort of knock you out completely. Um, so expectation is really important. And hey, life is, is not easy. But it is a question we do wonder about, what will my life be like in three or four years' time? What will be going on? Well, unfortunately, I can't tell you exactly what your life will be like. But I can share with you something from the Bible today that teaches us that every one of us can significantly influence what our future will be like. Now, not completely. I didn't say that. You can't say, right, if I do the right things, there'll be no storms, no trials. Now, you can't do that. Things will happen that there's sometimes no explanation for. You know, I sometimes sit back and think, you know, with this 16 stitches, like, God, what, what's that about? Why did that happen? You know, I prayed for, you know, all, all the normal prayers and all the rest of it. But, hey, it's happened. And it's almost like you've got to then get up and just get on with it and not sort of keep harking back to... All the, asking all the questions, all right? Because I don't think there is an answer. And um, I'll probably find out on the other side of here yeah, when we get to the other side. So you can significantly influence your future. And I take that from Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9, which says this. Do not be deceived. God is not my... Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. He who sows to his flesh will reap Corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will, of the Spirit, reap everlasting life. I think one of the most important principles in life for you and I to understand is the whole principle of sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you reap. Let's keep this positive, all right? So just sowing good things, positive things, you're going to reap positive things in your life. Some of you may have heard of this statement, jogging in a jug. Jogging in a jug. Well, it's a concoction of four parts grape juice, four parts apple juice, and one part apple cider vinegar. It's a folk remedy for high cholesterol, and it cleans out all your arteries, just two ounces of it a day. Now, I don't know if it works because it's never really been scientifically proven, but wouldn't it be great if it did? You could gain all the benefits uh, of, of jogging without actually having to exercise. How many of you be in for that? No need to run, no need to get on that bike, no need to go to the gym, all the benefits, get your cholesterol down, um, you know, all, all the health benefits, all, you can just drink it. Um, just a glass of vinegar, 
and it's past me, the cream donuts. How many of you love cream donuts, by the way? Yeah, not many of you. But you can, cream donuts, you can actually get stuff that you can actually uh, inject the cream through this uh, straw, you know, just to keep it really fresh, and then you can just enjoy the cream donut. It's just succulent, you know. It's, oh, man, it's so good. But then after that, you're going to have to drink this uh, concoction I told you about to clean out your artery so your cholesterol doesn't go up high, all right? Jogging in the jug. So it would be great if it, if it worked, uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't. So what we're, what we're trying to do is we're constantly trying to negate the, um, the law of sowing and reaping. We're always wanting to sever the connection between action and consequence. We want the benefits, just drink it without the effort or the hard work of jogging or running or whatever it might be. So this explains why lotteries are so popular. Not that any of you are into lotteries. <laughs> Up the back there on the balcony, maybe. <clears throat> it's an opportunity to become wealthy without labor. You reap without sowing. Now, there's other ways to acquire wealth, but they're not as appealing. They involve work, which we prefer to avoid. Much easier to win the lottery. So win the lottery, no years of study, no years of working late at the office, no sacrificing, no saving. And so lotteries have a great appeal because they break the link between work and reward. And it's something that we would all love to do, but actually you can't. So much of our future depends on how we sow now. What you sow now is the key. So if we sow good seeds, we're going to reap good things. It's as simple as that. If we reap, if sow bad seeds, we're going to reap bad things. When God says we will reap what we have sown, it isn't that he's punishing us. He's not saying, right, you've done that, I'm going to really punish you. No, he's just telling us how it is. It's a law of life. It's a law of the universe. It's just like gravity. Now, gravity is going to work whether you know gravity, believe in gravity, you know, um, trust in gravity. Whether you do or not, doesn't make any difference. Gravity is going to work. You jump off a high building, you are going down. Yeah. How many of you know that? You will not go up. You might say, I believe in Jesus' name. That this time gravity is not going to, I don't believe in gravity. I'm just going to jump and I'm going to float. Friends, it's not going to work. Gravity works all the time, unless I guess you're up in space on the moon or something. Sowing and reaping works all the time. Whether you believe in it, whether you know about it, whether you've heard sermons on it, it doesn't matter. It is going to work. It's going to happen. What you sow is what you will reap in your life. Galatians 6 verse 7 uses a well-known law of plant science that a given seed can only reproduce its own kind. God's laws do not change. So if you planted lettuce seeds, how many of you would expect to reap potatoes? It doesn't work, does it? Lettuce seeds produce lettuce. Potato seeds produce potatoes. You reap what you sow. It's as simple as that. So, if we lo act lovingly towards others, we're going to have better relationships. If we exercise and eat right, we're going to have better health. If we overspend, we're going to end up in debt. So, what the law of sowing and reaping teaches us is we need to live responsibly because if we sow irresponsibly, we will reap sometimes that, well, we'll always reap 
but often it will be painful consequences. So be careful what you sow. Just tell the person next to you, be careful what you sow. Fleming was a poor Scottish farmer. He hears this cry for help. There's a young boy who's sinking in the mud, and he's going to die, and this poor farmer rescues him and saves his life. The next day, a carriage pulls up to the farmer's place, and a noble steps out and says, I want to repay you. The, the poor farmer says, no, no, no need to repay me. At that point, the farmer's son comes to the door, and the nobleman says, is that your son? He said, yes. He said, give him to me. I want to give him an education. So he gave him an education. The son graduated at St. Mary's Hospital Medical School and became Sir Alexander Fleming, who discovered penicillin. Well, years later, the nobleman's son got pneumonia. Guess what saved him? Penicillin. What was the name of the nobleman? Lord Randolph Churchill. His son's name? Sir Winston Churchill. Saved from the mire. So Fleming sowed a rescue, a rescue, and he reaped an education for his son plus the invention of penicillin. Lord Randolph Churchill sowed an education for another man's son and reaped his own son's life being saved. Sowing and reaping. You start sowing good seeds, you're setting yourself up for a great future. A much, much better future than you might otherwise have. But verse 7 says something interesting. It says, do not be deceived. So it's really easy to be deceived in this old era of sowing and reaping and kind of thinking, well, I don't think it really works. There's, there's a tendency to think that, think that way, but God says he will not be mocked. And the thought here in this verse is someone saying, get real. You don't really believe in this nonsense of sowing and reaping. But to willfully do wrong, so bad seeds, to sin and somehow think there'll be no consequences is to mock God's call to holiness and God will not be mocked. There is forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. If you've sown some wrong seeds, bad hey, God will forgive you and God does forgive us. But hey, let's not misinterpret that thinking there are no consequences because that sometimes is the case. Can I say this much? Don't ever envy sinners. You know, sometimes you... Look at some sinners, they're living an ungodly life down the pub, getting drunk, and the next thing they're driving out with a big yacht behind them and their flash car and a big house, and you're thinking, man, here I am, loving God, serving God, you know, giving generously, and my life's just a struggle, and I'm struggling to pay the bills. Never envy sinners, friends, because at the end of the day, what people sow, they will reap. It's going to come around somewhere along the line. I don't envy sinners because I just think it's sad. In fact, I don't envy them. I just pray they will get saved. You know, we don't want them to suffer constantly. We want them to spend eternity in heaven with us and with Jesus. So verse 7 says, whatever a man sows, whatever means any seed we sow, whatever, all seeds. It's not like some seeds will, will reproduce uh, and, and you'll reap from, and some seeds, oh, that's actually a neutral seed. No, no, whatever we sow. So what do you want your next five, two years, five years, ten years to look like? What do you want it to look like? What sort of things would you want happening in your life? It's a good question to ask. Why don't you write it down somewhere? Because whatever it is, start sowing. So you might say, man, I just want to reap 
being loved and people being kind and merciful to me. I'd love that. Well, start sowing love, mercy, kindness to everybody and everyone, and then you will reap the same. If you want to reap friends, how many of you like to reap friends? You don't have to wave your hand, but I'm, we all want to reap friends, don't we? Do you know how you reap friends? Start being friendly to everyone. Every person in this church, outside the church, just be friendly, even if they're people you don't like, people that when you see you want to cross the road. No, no, change everything around and start being friendly to everybody. Why don't you tell the person next to you, thank you for sitting next to me today. <laughs> now tell them, I think you're awesome. There you go. Some of you just made a good friend, and some of you young single people, you should have chosen carefully who you sat next to this morning, because you may have just nailed it. All right. So if you want to um, sow success, reap success, start being diligent. You want to be honored, respected, start honoring everybody. Start respecting everybody. What about, here's a big one. How many of you would like to be accepted by everybody? Just... Everyone thinks you are awesome. Wouldn't we love that? I mean, you know, rejection's a huge thing today. A lot of people say, oh, I'm so rejected. Problem with feeling rejected is you often go around rejecting as well. Here, let me give you a clue here. You want to be accepted? Start accepting everyone around you. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what they look like, it doesn't matter where they've been, just accept them. Just something in your heart. Don't judge them, accept them. And the more you accept people, the more people are going to accept you. You will reap what you sow. How many of you can see this is quite simple? No? Okay. It's not rocket science, is it? Not rocket science. Sow, reap. I guess we just got to get on with it. So there's two kinds of sowing. We can sow to the spirit or sow to the flesh. So sowing to the spirit. John R. Stott says this. Every time we allow our mind to harbor a grudge, hope no one's doing that here, nurse a grievance. It's one thing to nurse a wound, but nurse a grievance is a different thing. You're allowed to do the first one. Every time you entertain an impure fancy, wallow in self-pity, we're sowing to the flesh. The consequences will not be good. Every time we hang out too long in bad company. Every time we read pornographic literature, we are sowing, sowing, sowing to the flesh. Most of you know the story of Jacob in the Bible. He was a master of deception. He actually deceived his own brother and robbed him of the birthright. So quite an extended story in there. You want to read it sometime in the book of Genesis. Really interesting story. But he sowed deception. He sowed it. Guess what? Years later, he gets deceived himself by his uncle Laban. What happens is he works seven years with the promise that he will get beautiful Rachel. After he's married, he wakes up in the morning or whenever it was, and he discovers he's been handed Leah. Ugly Leah. Don't you feel sorry for Leah? I mean, honestly, she's in eternal scriptures. In heaven, we'll still be talking about Leah and um, not getting Rachel. So um, he, he reaped what he had sown. And, uh, but, you know, you're all lucky here today, all you men, because none of you got Leah. You all got a Rachel. Right. Yeah. 
How many of you husbands got a Rachel? Raise your hand. About 10. About 10. A lot of husbands did not raise their hands. You have just sown a very, very bad seed. And the consequences will be incredibly painful when you get home. So, Jacob deceived, and he got deceived. The lesson isn't there. We can be shocked when a person suddenly falls, goes off track, goes into immorality, whatever. We can be shocked. You can be sure of this. They've been sowing wrong seeds for weeks, months, even years beforehand. And all we're seeing is the reaping. Because often you can't see the sign. So here's a song. I can't sing it for you. But it goes like this. What you plant is what you sow. What you grow, sorry. What you plant is what you grow. So be careful what you sow. People keep sowing to the flesh because they see no immediate negative consequences. But there's a great verse in the scripture that you will not like but it's important that you know it. It's Ecclesiastes 8 verse 11. Because a sentence against an evil work is executed, is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So people do wrong, they sow bad seeds, they sin, etc. Nothing goes wrong, life's cool. In fact, they get a bonus the next day at work. They think, oh, it's okay. They look at some pornography and they think, Gosh, next day they feel fine. There's no judgment. Heaven doesn't close in on them. They think there's no consequences. Because a sentence is not executed, executed speedily, we think it's okay. And that's a real trap that the devil sets for all of us. What you sow is what you will reap. So let's go to the positive side, sowing to the Spirit. How do you do that? Well, simple things like seeking first the kingdom of God, serving God, living a life that pleases God, not being conformed to the world, loving, you know, serving, all those things, all the positive things that you know, caring for people, being generous, they're all great sowing, sowing seeds, sowing right seeds. But sowing right seeds is not easy. So sowing, same with sowing good plants, uh, <laughs> producing good plants as opposed to weeds. How many gardeners in the house? Anyone good on gardening here? There's a few of us, aren't there? Okay. So if you want a good plant to grow, you've got to work at it. But weeds, I am expert at growing weeds. You don't have to do anything. It's a line of least resistance. Sowing bad seeds is a line of least resistance. We do it easily. Like we easily criticize and we struggle to encourage. You know, we easily mean to someone, we struggle to be kind. So... Sowing good seeds takes effort. It takes diligence. You've got to focus on like growing a good plant. It takes work. But sowing bad seeds is very straightforward and very similar, simple. A major area the Bible applies the law of sowing and reaping is in finances. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So if you faithfully sow generously with tithes, with offerings, with giving, you will reap financial blessings. I've been surprised recently when we had Mike Pulavachi recently at our church two weeks ago, and then we had him at, up in New Wine. He went on and on and on about the generosity of Church Unlimited. He said, you guys are just amazing. He said at conference he couldn't get over 
the generosity and how well he was looked after, the encouragement we gave him when he was speaking and after he'd spoken. There was a guy at New Wine that got up, a leader from a, a pastor of Vineyard Church. He said he reluctantly came to New Zealand beyond a few years ago, and he said he was overwhelmed with the kindness, the love, the generosity, the acceptance. I think for that reason alone, he would come back. So folks, as a church, you have created a reputation now of being a people of great generosity. I am so proud of each and every one of you and your generosity. So why don't we give ourselves a big clap and tell ourselves we're going to... And let's live up to this reputation that we now have of being a very generous church. And I think in many, many ways we are a generous church. But you know, one of the greatest areas of sowing a powerful seed is thankfulness. Thankfulness is like a seed in the ground. It's just going to produce incredible fruit, even breakthroughs, miracles. Listen to this verse in Psalm 50, verse 23. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, prepares the way so I may show him the salvation of God. Isn't that amazing? You give a sacrifice of thanksgiving, God says, you're opening the way for me to work salvation, a breakthrough, a miracle in your life. It's a great seed to sow. So, going back to my incident that I have down in Fong Mata, I made a decision pretty much right from the beginning to be thankful. Just to be thankful to God, not for what had happened, but to be thankful in the midst of it. Then I began to think of why, what could I be thankful for? And the list just goes on and on. Let me give you a few things. Firstly, it happened on the last day of the holidays. So I was able to enjoy all the holidays, and it's only the last day that it happened. When it happened, we had friends of ours passing by, 500 meters from where we were staying, Alan Taylor and his son, um, Sam, they were both passing by, and so we were able to get the kids looked after, and Sam was able to take me down to the medical center to get attention. And I was thankful also that we were near a doctor's, only a few minutes away, and Sam knew exactly where it was. They were able to give me attention almost immediately, probably within an hour of the incident, I'd been stitched up. So, I mean, just so thankful to God. I was thankful that the surgery was open. It didn't happen on a Sunday morning or times when surgeries are often not open. Another thing is that I was really thankful for, from the time it hurt me that I got the injury, I, I felt no pain. So I, something happened. I felt something in the back of my, my, um, my, my leg there, and then I thought, oh, well, that's pretty minor. I looked around, and the skin had come off, and more of the skin, right, right down deep. It was, it, was, it was a nasty, I've got the photos. <laughs> it, was, it was bad, and unfortunately, people keep telling me how bad it was, and I thought, would you shut up, please? <laughs> I don't need to know. But, so I had no pain, really, the whole time, and even when they were going to put in the, the local anesthetic, they say that that can be incredibly, incredibly painful. And, uh, you know, to handle that, you have to be quite tough. <laughs> I'm not wanting to boast or anything, but when that injection went in, I, I couldn't even feel it. It was just the goodness of God. And, you know, for hours, there was absolutely no pain. I was thankful for that. But, and I was thankful, maybe the most uh, thing I was most thankful for, it was so deep, it was within a whisker of cutting the tendon. If that had happened, I would not be here 
right now. I'd have had to spend, I think, time in hospital. So thank God for that. So grateful. Also very thankful it wasn't before New Wine, which I did in between my holidays or halfway through. I was thankful it was not before an overseas trip. I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to probably cancel the trip. And I was so thankful that this didn't happen in the back blocks of India or Pakistan or Egypt, where honestly, seriously, it would be a real problem. So, so much to be thankful for. And you know, by being thankful, it keeps me buoyant. And it keeps me upbeat. It keeps me positive, And it's a very powerful thing. And I think it will release miracles in some way as well. So let me give you now four principles of sowing and reaping. All right, you ready for this? Ecclesiastes, are we doing all right? You okay out there? You don't mind me sitting down? Do you want to stand now? Okay. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 2, 4 and 6. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Everyone say many days. Yeah. Give a serving to seven and also to eight. In other words, be very generous, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. In the morning sow your seed. In the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper. So number one is don't wait for favorable conditions before you sow. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. So procrastination is one of the devil's most powerful weapons to stop us sowing and therefore stop us reaping good and blessed things in our lives. And some areas in which we tend to procrastinate in sowing good seed is one is in giving. We always wait, well, when I've got more money, when I get a salary increase, when da-da-da, then I'll start giving. No, don't observe the clouds. Give now. Spending more time with your family, your wife, your husband. You know, don't say, once my job is less demanding, once the mortgage is paid, once I've finished my study, it can be too late. Friends, do it now. Spend time with your family today, your husband, your wife, today. And everyone said... Great. Obviously, you're not planning to do it, but never mind. I'll still keep preaching it. But something I don't understand about households. How is it that God had ten commandments for the whole world? All right? But my wife has 152 commandments just for my household. How does that work? Any husbands know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. That is a bad seed to sow with very painful consequences. We can procrastinate in serving God. Well, when the kids are a bit older. You know, when I'm earning more money, when I'm not so busy at work, etc., etc., etc. Friends, serve God today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next year. Don't observe the clouds. Serve God today. I'm telling you, your life will be gone in a moment, in a whisker, in a flash. It's gone. You'll think, oh, if only I'd serve God. Do you know you'll never get today again to serve God, to serve other people? You'll never get yesterday again. It's gone forever. Sow the great seed of serving God. If you're not involved in every, any area of the church, get involved today. Put your hand up, volunteer, be it in the car park, children's, anywhere. Sow this great seed of serving God, and the benefits will be enormous. The blessing you'll reap will be fantastic. All right, number two, we reap more than we sow. If it wasn't for this fact, no farmer would sow seeds. 
If you sow one seed and all you get back is a seed, hey, you're going to go broke. So you, the fact is, when you sow a seed, some seeds produce 30, 60, 100 fold. That's the law that farmers abide by. So you always reap more than you sow. How many of you like bargains? You go out shopping, you buy something, you just got a fantastic, you know you got a bargain. Hey, everyone likes a bargain. But sowing seed, good seed, is like finding a fantastic bargain. You know why? Because you reap a whole lot more than you have sown. But don't you hate it when you buy something and then the next day it's on sale? And the price is real. How many of you have noticed that? Isn't that, that is irritating. But whatever you do, don't get angry and upset because that would be a bad seed to sow. You don't want to do that, do you? All right. The next one is we reap in proportion to what we sow. So if a farmer wants to reap a bountiful harvest, he must sow in a bountiful way. If he only cultivates one acre, he'll get one acre of reaping. If he cultivates 100 acres, he's going to get 100 acres, 100 times greater reaping. So the previous law was God's part, and this law is to do with our part. So God's part is, whatever you sow, he will, you, he will multiply, and you'll reap more. That's God's part. Our part, we've got to sow abundantly. Sow with all your might. Sow generously. Just sow with everything you Our part, the more you sow, the more you'll reap. God will do his part. He will multiply it. But you do your part. Sow. That's why some people are so blessed, because they sow abundantly and generously over and above and beyond. I read this. If you want to be rich, give. If you want to be poor, grasp. If you want abundance, scatter. If you want to be needy, hoard. When they asked Captain Levy of Philadelphia how he's able to give so much to the Lord's work and still have so much left over, he answered, well, as I shovel it out, God shovels it in, and the Lord has a bigger shovel than I do. You shovel out, folks, that little bit, God shovels it back in. These are laws and principles that really do work. The last one is this. It takes time before you reap. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. After You reap after many days. And this is the big trap for all of us. See, it's easy to stop sowing when we don't reap, reap quickly. So some people, I've heard of people say, look, I tried this giving business. You're always talking about giving, being generous, offering style. Hey, I tried it. Did it for six months. I did it for a year. I did it for five years. I did it for 10 years. And look, I'm still not blessed financially. After many days, the promises you will reap. It may take 10, 15, 20 years, but in the end, you will reap. Here's another one. People say, yep, I did what you said, Pastor. I sought first the kingdom of God. I've served with all my heart, and now my life is a mess. It doesn't pay to serve God. Friends, don't make a wrong connection between sowing good seed and something that's going wrong in your life, friends. The two are not connected. It pays to give generously. You will reap. It pays to serve God with all your heart. You will reap the blessing of God. And maybe some of you won't experience it all in this life. Maybe you won't get it until the next life. But along the line, somewhere along the line, you're going to look back and you're going to say, God, I thank you that I gave generously. I thank you that I served with all my heart because now I can see the abundance of my reaping. As I said, if not in this life, it will be in the next life. Don't stop sowing because of the delay in the reaping. Keep, tell a person next to you, just keep sowing. Yeah, just keep sowing. Just keep sowing. Galatians 6, 9, do not be weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 
The tense here indicates whatever a man sows, sows, sows. Continuous sowing. sowing. And then in due season, he will reap, reap, reap. There is an appointed time. There's an appointed time for reaping. So no one plants a seed one day. No one goes out and plants a, a, an apple seed, gets up next morning and says, oh, well, where's my apple tree? How many of you know that's dumb? It's dumb, isn't it? You don't plant a seed and then expect the flower to come up the next day or cabbage, lettuce or whatever and expect it. It takes time. That's the law. That's the way it works. It's the same with sowing good seeds. It takes time before you're going to reap what God wants you to have and enjoy in your life. The key is it takes patience. Just keep on sowing. So the harvest comes in a different season from the planting. It comes in God's appointed time after many days. Just think about Church Unlimited for a minute. We're experiencing in the last 18 months acceleration of expansion. Suddenly we've got six churches, a seventh one about to start. It all came after about 25 years. So for 25 years, friends, we were praying, we were fasting, we were, we were working diligently. We were sacrificing. We were going without. We were enduring trials and storms and tribulations. And we just kept on sowing day in and day out, month in and month out, year in and year out, decade in and decade out. For 25 years, folks, we kept, you and I, we just kept sowing, sowing, sowing. And I don't know the economy of God. I don't know how God works in the eternal counsels of God. But I know this much. After 25 years of intensive sowing, God said, okay, now is the time to reap. In the last 18 months, it's just exploded. As I said, we've grown by over 1,000 people across campuses. But we could have easily stopped sowing at any point along the line, but we didn't. We just kept at it. We kept doing it. What about New Zealand and beyond? For 10 years, 750 people. For 10 years, you know, I wanted to quit. Honestly, the people around you would, who know me knew that I didn't want to keep doing New Zealand and beyond, let alone Christchurch, doing Auckland and Christ. It was so hard. It was so demanding. It was so challenging and so discouraging. I just thought, God, I don't need this. I don't want to keep doing this. But we kept on going. We kept on sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. And I don't know why, but after 10 years, God says, okay, now you can reap. And so the conference doubled in size to 1,500, and it's going to more than double again in a few weeks' time. What was the key? Do not grow weary in sowing. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Keep doing it. Do it to the end of your days. Do it to the final breath that you have. Because some of your reaping will be in eternity. In fact, most of it will be in the next life. So we've got to live for the, the next life. Okay, just as we wrap it up now. Galatians 6 verse 8. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. The person who only ever sows to the flesh will reap a lost eternity in the fires of hell forever. That's the bad news. The greatest seed you will ever sow to the Spirit is inviting Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart, to be saved and spend eternity with God in heaven forever. That seed results in the greatest harvest possible for your life. So, what are you going to do with this message? What are you going to do with it? You know, some messages have the power to radically change your life. 
radically, and this is one of them. If you take this message, you put it into practice, it can change your life forever. Seriously, it can. Make a list of the areas in which you want to reap, and then start sowing with every ounce of strength that you have got. We can't do anything about last year's harvest, but we can about this year's and the years to come. If we didn't sow well last year, that's okay. Put it behind you. We can change all that this year and into the future. Every one of us can sow seeds that will guarantee we enjoy many wonderful blessings this year and in the year to come. We can determine to an extent the quality of our future. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. That's the beauty of this message. You don't have to depend on anyone else. It's in your hands. God says, do this, and you will be blessed wonderfully in your life. Start sowing good seeds today. Sow generously. Sow with all your might. And God promises you will reap tremendous, amazing, and wonderful blessings that will, some of them, will leave you astounded. Amen? Just before I run off the stage at high speed, I want to suggest that maybe the most powerful seed and fruitful seed you could ever sow is the seed of prayer. The seed of prayer. Every seed of prayer that goes into the ground, it's sown into the ground as you pray for your family and friends, as you pray for your healing, as you pray for your marriage, your family, your finance. Every seed, you sow that seed in the ground, friends. It's an eternal seed. It's going to grow. It's going to grow, friends. Every time you pray again, you're watering that seed. And you're watering the seed. It's only a matter of time before that seed is going to bear the most amazing fruit in your life. James 5 verse 16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Through prayer, you can massively influence your future. A lot of my life, that I live today is because of the many prayers that I have sown. Relentless sowing. Continuous sowing over and over again. Unanswered prayers, some for decades. Prayed for my mum to be saved for 26 years, I think it was. Something like that, before she finally gave her life to Jesus Christ. Relentless sowing, friends. You just, that seed... I can't stress enough how powerful and important it is to sow the seeds of prayer. Because prayer is giving earthly license for heavenly interference. I can't think of a greater seed that you could sow than that. So if you're able to join us, the more you sow in prayer, the more your life will be less why some people's lives are so blessed. They pray so, so much. And God promises that as we sow, we will reap. Tonight, we'll set you up. I can promise you one thing. 
Who's ready for a promise? As you pray for 2017, especially if you come, well, not only if you come tonight, but if you come tonight, pray for 2017. Here's my promise. Your 2017 would be better, will be better than if you had not prayed. That's the law of God. That's the word of God. That's the promise of God. Hey, I'm going to head off this platform right now, but thank you so much for staying seated. <laughs> thank you so much for being the great congregation you are and giving us, giving Church Unlimited a, a, a great reputation to live up to. And that's because another thing they say, they come into this church, they say this, all the cultures, they just can't believe the oneness among all the cultures, the love, the acceptance, the kindness. And, you know, every culture adds something fantastic to this church. Really does. And, hey, we've got a, a good name out there. And that's thanks to each and every one of you. So Adrian and I, we really do love you all. We appreciate you all. It's an honor, always has been an honor to serve in this amazing church with some of the most wonderful people on the planet. <coughs> So God bless you, and we'll see you again soon. Take care.